Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 397. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you how you can co-create the life you want and most importantly... How to ask yourself a question in any situation to find out if you are coming from fear or from love. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Brad Swanson. Brad, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Luckily for me, I've already got to have a couple conversations with you, but please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live in, I'm born and raised in Pueblo, Colorado, and I'm a love and communication coach. That's what I do for a living. And what we talked about, it's a lot of self-love, but I'd love for you to give the background on kind of how you got to where you are in your journey. And then we're really going to dive in and talk about love versus fear. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how I, the the short version is, is that um, I was a regular kid, just a loving life kid and loved sports, loved girls, all the regular things, you know, and um, in my early twenties, I, um, you know, I, was fortunate enough by this woman who introduced me to this program to go take a, like a weekend seminar kind of thing that I didn't really know anything about. And, um, just through her advice, I was like, okay. So I went and did this thing and it was just this whole new conversation about life. And it just blew my, the the reality on my current reality open, you know, and I realized, um, I, I became really aware of how many insecurities I had, um, that I did not know how to love myself. I didn't know what that meant. Like I've heard the words, but I didn't know what that really meant to actually learn how to love myself for real. And, um, and that began this like epic journey of becoming self-aware, especially as a man, I was 21 years old at the time I'm 49 now. And so I committed like through that process, it, it affected me so deeply on a spiritual level. Um, that I really, I just, it rocked me to my core. And I was like, you know, I want to know more about this. Like this feels really accurate and truthful to my soul. And instead of me pretending things and me pretending like I know who I am and pretending that, you know, anything about the world, I want to face this discomfort and I want to like step right into it. And so it was, you know, a good 16 years of being in courses and studies and studying all different types of modalities and getting, reading every book I could get my hand on and going to seminars and listening to different people. And, uh, and basically just taking myself apart. And um, this, the, the love and communication coach title came when I was 30. Um, I had been doing it for so long and I had friends that were like, hey, you need to do this professionally because you're helping people all the time. You're spending hours with them and stuff. And I was actually terrified. I was like, no, 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 I can't, you know, I can't do that. They're like, no, listen, I would pay you money to do this. And I was finally like, okay. And, um, but the love and communication, it's, so it's really more about self-love, right? It does have it translates into romantic relationships as well a lot because that's a huge part of our lives. But you have to to have a healthy romantic relationship. You have to love yourself first. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com and take the free life assessment. 
This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. To be able to like really give authentic love to another person. And, um, and so I was standing on the beach in Miami and I was standing there talking to my mom on the phone and I was like, what am I doing? What is this? And she's like, I think you're a life coach. And I went, no, that doesn't feel right. And I was like, you know what it is? I said, I'm a love coach. And I just started bawling. I just started sobbing. Cause I was like, that's what this has been is I've been learning how to love myself. Right. Like literally all of these things I've been doing in baby steps, learning how to love myself. And the key to that, the way to do that, the, the, the access to that is communication. So once you learn how to communicate, you, it's this, they go hand in hand all the time. And so it's this constant process. So that's how I became a love and communication coach. Well, I have a couple questions there, but I think it's important to know, I believe we're all on our own journey, that there's not one yes. way to do this, but there are so many of us, both of us included, who have gone, well, we're still in our journey, but we're out here vocalizing it. We want to help others. But something that you shared with me is you, it's about like getting to the point, you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just want to share a quick tidbit. I started reading books. I've had my mom as a mentor forever on this stuff but I actually started reading personal development books when I was 15. It wasn't until I was 30 that I had my quote rock bottom, ended my engagement, quit my job, sold my hat. You know, like I went through my own shit, but you know, we're all going to experience it differently. And I don't believe we have to hit a rock bottom or bankruptcy or divorce or these terrible things, but it's that whole, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yes. hundred percent. And that's when I think true, true transformation or true change comes is when people are, you know, what I've noticed just with my clients, right. And the human condition is that people, they, they have to finally get to that rock bottom. They have to get to where they're sick and tired of being sick, sick and tired. And it's pretty much always the case before someone will hire me because they're just, they've been beating their head against the wall and they just mm -hmm. keep doing it. They keep doing it. And they're finally like, okay. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to hire a love of communication coach because none of this is fucking working. So, right. you know, it just, it does, unfortunately, and fortunately it's, it's, that's the part of the human condition is that we all have to like sort of exhaust all our options until we are willing to like be open to something else. I think I heard Dr. Joe Dispenza explain it the most simple simplest. And he said, cause what most people do, like you just shared is they're trying to change something with the thinking, the same thinking that created it. And so how Dispenza talks about it is you're trying to change your personal reality with the same personality. So it is for me, it is about like, if you want to call it up leveling or shedding layers, but you literally have to start thinking, being, and doing things different. 100%. And yeah. Um, 
you know, and it's a willingness to, again, let go of your old, the old perception of yourself, right? Which is also, it's like a lot of ego, a lot of ego stuff to yeah. where if you, if you, if you're, if you're, if you're holding on to like who you think you are with a death grip, it's going to be a really rough ride. And, and the, the ego is designed to do that. So it's really difficult for people if they've committed to like an, a certain identity and they're like, this is who I am. And this is who I always be. And I'm, you know, and I'm right. And I know everything or whatever. If they're having that conversation, it's going to be really rough. But people who are like, okay, I'm miserable. I can't, I don't know what the fudge is going on and throw their hands in the air and go, you know what? Fuck it. Like I need to try something else. That's like, they're, they're willing, their ego is willing to let go and go, you know what? I'm, I'm open. Like I'm open. And just even that slight opening in the door is a shift already in your own consciousness and your energy. And just that can start the process of, you know, unraveling all the old patterns that don't serve you anymore. But at what point, cause I really like how you just said that. And it, it gave me this visual. I heard somebody say once that we have two wolves inside of us. One is fear. One is faith or love, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. And we will be driven by whichever, whatever wolf we're feeding. Yes, 100%. In, that, in that note, at what point would the fear wolf, which is like this untamable dragon, be like, uh, all right, I'm ready to let go a little bit and let you change. When would an ego ever do that? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's the it's, you know, and, and again, you just put, put, you know, on that hit on my main point of one of my foundational things in my coaching, which is love or fear. You're either living from love or fear. And yeah. and the second this, the, the fear thing will never do that. The love, again, self-love, and when you start getting ferocious about having healthy boundaries, going, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. No, I'm not going to allow this type of behavior anymore. No, I'm not going to allow these types of people anymore. Okay, that's love. That's love. That's you loving yourself. And that's you going, fuck you, fear. I am going towards healing. I'm going towards something different because I've done the fear a thousand times. It doesn't help. And this is this, that's the self-love. So you're either coming from love or fear in every moment. And as you start to do that, you'll be open. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go personal to share a quick story, Sure. but I have become so aware and, you know, I think it's, you have to become so aware of your habits when you numb out and stuff your face, but you really want to lose weight. And it's like, you have to become aware of these vicious negative feedback loops. But as a prime example, for me, it's just easiest to talk about romantic relationships. Sure. I had somebody in my life who I haven't seen in like 10 years, kind of circle back in recently divorced two kids. We had lunch as friends platonic a couple of times. And then it was like, Whoa, wait, I think I, we might like each other. So we talked about going on a date and I kind of thought about it for two days. And then ultimately I realized no Heather, this is an old pattern. Ultimately we don't want the same things long-term. He can't yeah. have more babies. I want my own. And so I ended up telling him, I can't do a romantic relationship with you because we don't want the same things. And so I had to step up and get out of my comfort zone and like literally strengthen that mindset muscle. Heather, this is not in align with what you actually want, but it is hard to say no to those little dangling bites of, you know, what might feel good in the moment. Yeah. But that's all just a test, right? It's all yeah. a test. Like, and again, that's, that's great that you recognize that as it's happening, because again, see, if I, I personally know that we can manifest and create anything we want in our life, um, yes. 
um, really, truly, you know, and that's taken years and years and years of me getting over fears of not believing that. Now, um, the reason that it's challenging and that we have these tests, these divine tests and these things is because when you have earned it and you've done the internal work and you have things show up that's from deep inner work for long periods of consistent time and it shows up, you don't take it for granted then. So like anything, most people are really um, lazy and they'll just have things show up, but they don't, they don't know and have done the inner work to like have it. So then they get bored and they just go whatever. Right. But when you've been doing this inner internal work, especially when it comes to romantic relationships and you draw in the person of your dreams, you're like, you will never take it for granted. You will never take them for granted. And you will, you will be consistently always just in awe of the connection right. and the relationship because you're, you're not going to be lazy and you're always going to be like having gratitude for it. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a lot of des- really challenging close call tests that are like, Oh, this feels good. Oh, this feels good. But you know, deep down, it's not your truth. And so again, that's where you have to look and see, are you going to, are you going to live from like, it's 98% there or it's a hundred percent there. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the test. And that's where we all, we have to go through those tests. You have to have them. Like, you know, if you, if you want, like, I, you know, I was, I think I was telling you before and we've talked before is like, it's like people get, they complain. I'm like, it's like finding a needle in the haystack, but there's a fucking needle in the haystack. That's yours. Like there's a needle in the haystack. Like, are you willing to find it or not? Yeah. You know, like to me, it's exciting. It's not upsetting. It's exciting. And, and I just continue on this journey of doing the inner work because I know that when that relationship that I've been seeking shows up, it's going to be off the fucking charts. <laughs> yeah. Cheers to that. Yeah. Okay. So I asked you, what is your billboard message to humanity? And you said, stop living in fear. And then ultimately you kind of walked me through this three-step process. And so I would love for you to share that. The first question you ask people, especially your clients when doing the work. Yeah. The first question I ask them is I, I ask them, I say, do you know that there's one, you're living from one of two places emotionally in life. And most of the time they say, no, they don't know. And I go, okay, well, it's either from love or fear. Okay. You're either living from love or fear. And I, and I just have them check it out as a possibility. Like in every single thing you do, whether it's, whether it's making a phone call or paying a bill or eating food or talking to a friend before you do that action, you're either doing it from love or fear. Mm. And, and if you don't know, if it's not, if you're not hundred percent clear that it's love or fear, if, or that it's, if you're not hundred percent clear that it's love, it is fear every single time, <laughs> a shade of fear every single time. And so I have them recognize that first and all of them always go, Holy crap. You're right. Oh my God. Like, Holy crap. You know, yeah. and sometimes they'll, they'll kind of push back a little bit, but then they go, Oh, wow. Like you're right. Like I'm, I have fears about stuff all the time. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Right. So I have them do that first. And then once they get clear about that, I have them practice. I say, look, the, the, your homework assignment is to literally, and from now until, from now until the rest of time, I want you to look and observe, take, take a pause before you do anything. And it's, it can only be like a second or three seconds or something, but literally look to see before you do every single thing and have every thought, is this from love or fear? Yeah. And you'll start to recognize how much 
how much fear runs the show. But and it's a distinct difference because once you start taking the action, if you do it from love, it has a distinct outcome. Totally different. If you do it from fear, it's, it's usually catastrophic. And it makes it worse every time. And so you'll start to see it's razor sharp. Like if you do it from love, it snowballs into more amazingness. If you do it from fear, it snowballs into more like just, you know, all kinds of issues and problems. Or like a never ending. I find myself sometimes I call it falling off track. When I've fallen off track, it's like ego sends me on these never ending. Yes. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, a scavenger hunt. And yes. so like I'm on this never ending scavenger hunt trying to find these things to fulfill me. And I think this will do it. And then this will do it. And, and it that's and it doesn't feel good. And it feels anxiety and chaotic to me. 100 percent. And yeah. that's why. Right. Like your in your internal system is telling you it's like if it's chaotic and feels like all that stuff, you're yeah. not on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone off in fear. So yeah. like come back, recalibrate center. You can like, you can always recenter. You can go, wait a second. Now, where did I go wrong? Where did I go off in fear? And you can find it. You'll be like, oh shit. I had this thought about this thing. And I thought, oh, I should do this because of they wanted this blah, 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 blah. And you'll go, fuck, that was all made up. That was all fear. And then you can come back and stop and then start again. Yeah. And this is so much self-reflection and awareness. And, and, yeah. and I even asked you, I was like, at any, you know, we're on this never ending journey. You don't do this yeah. one day and you're done. No, it's every day. It becomes yeah. this question. If you do this every day, it becomes like breathing. So like, there's nothing that I, there's not one second that I don't do something where I have that thought first. So like, even when I'm getting on the call with you, I go, am I clear and centered? Am I ready to go? Right? Like, am I in my loving? And I then boom, so if I'm not, I, I recalibrate and I go, okay, wait, what, what's going on? Do I have anxiety? What's happening? Like, yeah. so I, every, but I do that with everything, literally everything. When I'm in my car driving, when I'm any, like anything, I have that. So it becomes a way of being. So at first it's really exhausting. At first it's really like, holy shit, because I have to be conscious. But guess what? It keeps you in the present moment. So mm-hmm. it keeps you present, not in your head. Because mm-hmm. the second that you don't do this, you will go off into fear. You'll go unconscious and then you go into your old pattern and it will be fear every time. Yeah. And then shit will get all blown up. And then you'll go, wait, Damn. what the fuck? How did that get blown up again? You'll be like, oh, I forgot to ask myself that. Damn it. Yeah. Right. And so it becomes it, it first, the first few weeks is kind of challenging, but you'll start getting used to it. And then all of a sudden you'll be, it's just like breathing before you, you you'll just, it'll be the exact same thing. You'll just every, somebody will go, Hey, do you want to go do this? And you'll go, um, yes. Like you'll have, you'll pause and you'll be like, love or fear is like, and you will have that thought and it just becomes second nature. Well, and so what we're talking about a lot is change and why most people don't do it is because it's really fucking uncomfortable at first. Right. At first. Yeah. Okay. So the first, the first step is asking, am I, is I'm coming from love or fear? And then what's the second uh, uh, I don't remember what the hell did I say? I mean, the second is just that once you recognize is to, is to, um, make sure that it's coming, make sure that it's love, you know, just make sure that you're coming from love. And if you're not clear about that, if you're not sure, right. Like, so I got people hire me is like, for example, if somebody hired me, they, if they're not clear, they can call me, right. They can call and go, 
hey, there's this thing and I'm not clear, if, like if it's love or fear. And, and then we will decipher it. We'll actually decipher it. We'll go, okay, well, what's going on? Like, what's the hesitation, right? Because it takes practice because the ego is really tricky and the ego will try to trick you into things like, like trying to pretend it's love, but it's not. When you get to love, when you get to the loving sensation, when you get to clarity, when you get to clarity, it's like calm, it's calming. There is no anxiety. It's calming. You will have clarity and it'll be calm. And that's how you know. But that's why it's going to feel so foreign at first because we're so used to living in stressed out, chaos, drama, on the go. We're afraid to like face and and think about our thoughts and feelings. So it is this whole turning your world upside down, inside out. That's right. Well, it, it takes it just takes so much mindfulness and being committed to your mindfulness and committed to shifting that that type of behavior. Right. It's. Fear has been so prevalent in everybody's life in the smallest, tiniest ways, and it just wrecks things constantly. So if you really want to make a huge shift in your life, just this one thing, if you do it, practice it this rigorously every day and you're committed to it, the results, like the breakthroughs that you start having are so incredible. People, I've had clients in three sessions who have like literally shifted their entire business, right? I had a general contractor who in three sessions, he literally, he, he called me just like crying and excited. And he's like, dude, I got this. I'm like, tell me, he's like, what happened? And he said, you know, I had this woman who had, I was doing this work on her house, my, my, my team. And anyway, I had him do this one thing and then it rained the next day and it literally caved in the entire thing, the whole thing. Right. Like he's like, we've, it fucked it up with my, my decision, like made the mistake because it rained. And he goes, I walked into the job the next day. And she was, you know, yelling and screaming and up super upset. And he goes, I had, I literally, before I walked in, I heard your voice and I literally went, is this love or fear? And I walked in and I went, I came from love and I said, Hey, hey, what's going on? And she was like, you know, you guys fucked up. You fucked up my house, all this stuff. And he goes, listen, he goes, whatever it is. He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, it was my fault. I own it. It was my decision. He said, whatever it is, we'll fix it. And I'm sorry. And he goes, and then she gave me, she proceeded to give me $70,000 worth of more work on top of that. And not only that, she's telling everybody in the community, what an amazing job I do. And now I'm so busy. It's crazy. And he goes, and it's all because I was not, I didn't come from fear. I came from love and now I'm busier than ever. And he goes, and I, in the general contracting business, everybody's in fear all the time and no one tells the truth. And he goes, I told the truth came from love. And now I'm, my business has exploded. And he's like, and that was in three sessions. He's like, dude, you just changed my life. (laughs) Do you have, I love real world examples. And that was so great. Do you have one similar to maybe a a big shift and change in somebody's health or finances or relationships? All of them, all of them. I had, um, you know, I had another really dear friend of mine, like a really amazing man who's, you know, grown man, three kids, all this stuff. And, you know, we sat and talked one night for like five hours and I was just sharing the same download with him. And he was, all I kept hearing in his life was like, he just kept saying all these things. And I was just like, his name is Mark. And I said, Mark, you know, he was, he was like trying to convince me of stuff. And I was like, no, I was like, that sounds like fear, you know? And he'd be like, no, no, you don't understand. He's like, listen, it's my kids and this and this and this. And I go, okay, what about that? And he's like, well, Brad, you know, because this and this, and I go, uh-huh. And, and he goes, well, it's because I'm afraid. And I was like, what did you just say? Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. He's like, I'm afraid, right? 
So the next day we saw each other and I, and he, he walked up to me and I said, are you okay? He goes, no, I'm not. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you just wrecked my whole world. He's like my whole world. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, I'm beside myself. He said, I've realized I'm like 47 years old. And he goes, I've never made a decision not based in fear. Mm. And I'm a grown man. He's like, like my whole life has been about fear. And he said, so honestly, I'm really uncomfortable right now because I'm in shock that I'm seeing this. Right. So it's, it happens with everyone on different levels and it's been with people with their, you know, with, it is about diet or food or exercise, you know, that they, they're eating based in fear, (laughs) you know, they're, they're not taking care of themselves. They're eating junk food and stuff because they have that, you know, that they keep feeding that with that, like, you know, it's kind of like crack, you know, they're like, they're like eating crappy food, you know, because they don't feel well, but they don't connect that I'm not feeling well and I'm living in fear. So I'm going to get the sugar rush or whatever. Keep So addictions. And I think, man, that is something the way I've started reframing just even my own content and, and, and helping people understand that, no, you are addicted to these behaviors. And if you understand that it's an addiction, that it's something to overcome and something that's hard too, but I'd love to, I still, I want to touch on triggers because I think that's something we can all relate to. We experience probably daily. Can you talk a little bit about triggers and, and when we are triggered? So maybe if you could explain that and then how do we reframe that in this whole love versus fear thing? Sure. Well, triggers are triggers are things or they're basically just emotions that are unresolved and not completely healed old emotional wounds that have happened from our past. Right. So it could be anything. It could be about, about romantic relationships. It could be about money. It could be about parents, kids. There's all kinds of things. Right. So anything that's not, that we didn't fully process growing up is maybe something that manifests itself. Right. So it could be like your mom, like getting on your case, you know, and then you get in a fight where you're like, God, stop talking to me. Like I'm a five-year-old, you know, that kind of thing. Or, or, or like, you know, in a relationship where like, you see your girlfriend and she looks at a guy, it looks like she's looking at another guy and you're like, Oh my God, jealousy, you know, like those kinds of things. Right. So those are just these unprocessed wounds that have never been fully examined, communicated, and then healed. So, you know, triggers are, um, the way that this works again with the love or fear is that for me, I got in the practice of looking at when I felt triggered. So when anything, if, if my adrenaline and my emotional state started to change or I got knots in my stomach or I got started breathing heavy and like noticing, I was like, Oh my God, like I'm, I feel myself like my, 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 my physiology shifting, you know, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? That's immediately a moment where I'm like, I go into hyper conscious mode where I'm like, okay, I'm feeling all these feelings. I recognize that I want to lash out. Maybe I want to say something mean. Maybe I want to like, you know, but that's when I get more vigilant in my consciousness and I go, okay, what's this really about? Cause it's fear. It's fear. It's always fear. And then I look to see where's this fear coming from? Where's it coming from? Oh, okay. This just happened with this girl. And that reminds me of when I was like, my girlfriend broke up with me in sixth grade or something, right. Where I'm like, Holy shit. I'm the same exact feeling that fear is coming up again. And I'm like recognizing, but then I go, okay, wait, this is a different experience. I recognize it looks similar. Let me be coming, going to self-love, let me get calm. And now let's have a healthy conversation about it. Now, is this easy to do? 
No. Is it, is it really challenging at first? Yes. But is it absolutely life-changing if you practice it? Yes. Because even you start to diffuse the trigger and all the emotional, even if you're able to just vocalize this to a person, right? For example, like, like if you and I were in a relationship and something happened and I went, Heather, listen, I'm really feeling triggered right now because of what I just saw. I'm just letting you know, and I'm going to sit here for a second and process this, but I want to talk about what, what just happened for me, right? If you can do that, if you can communicate like that, you're, you're completely having now a conscious awake relationship. And the other person will be like, Whoa, that's awesome. Like here, listen, I'm here for you and ready to talk whenever you want to talk about it. And that is emotional intelligence to go away. Emotional intelligence, pause, break. Let me feel this because once we face it and and feel it, we can heal it. And so I'm curious, something that popped up for me, do you practice a lot of different forgiveness techniques? Um, I mean, I don't know if I would call them different techniques. I would say forgiveness has just been, um, it's just been a big thing that's come along with it. It's the forgiveness, like, cause I realized that Mm -hmm. I'm the conscious co-creator of my experience and that I'm my egos. I'm not going to let my ego run the show and dictate my life. And I recognize that all the pain and all the suffering all comes from my own ego and me making a story up like that. I'm not good enough or I'm not enough or I wasn't enough or whatever. And once I realized that I was like, Oh, that was a whole bunch of lies. And so forgiveness just happened automatically. I'm like, I forgive everyone. I forgive everyone for everything because it had nothing to do with them. It was all my own experience of drawing them in, having this experience. And then me having to, you know, um, face the discomfort of me being accountable for me drawing these experiences into my life. Boom. If, if I could highlight an audio, I would highlight that is becoming conscious and aware that, Oh, I'm responsible for this experience in my life. Cause that's how I say we become victors, not victims. 100%. I mean, I, again, taking accountability, like, I chosen to come here as a soul and as a being to experience life. And I take hundred percent accountability for my life. And that took me a long time to realize that through all those different classes and readings and like all the different things I did, it was not like, I just got that. Like it was a, there was a resistance because I was like, no, fuck this. You know, that's their fault. They're an idiot. They're that blah, blah, blah. I did a lot of blaming and shaming and all that stuff. But then I was like, once I realized it, I was like, oh no, like that's, so disempowering to myself and it doesn't help me heal and grow and actually create and manifest the things I want to create in my life. So the second yeah. that I had that realization, I let all that go, but that okay. took a long time. Another real world example. And I agree for me, it's kind of humility, but as an example, this past weekend, I left my wristlet coach wallet in the shopping cart in the parking lot. And I didn't realize until I got home within like an hour and I was like, Oh shit. And it had like quite a bit of cash. Cause I just, it just had some cash. Okay. And I don't normally yeah. keep that much cash, but I know sub- now this is hindsight. I know subconsciously I'd been having some fear that all that cash in my wallet, something was going to happen to it. Anyway, let's just fast forward. Long story short, I called King Supers. It was there. I went and got it, opened it up. It looked like all the money was there. But then I realized whoever turned it in took a hundred dollar bill out. And I was like, well, you're fucking welcome. Thanks for returning it. But I 
I had my moment and it was only a moment of fuck a hundred, you know, that's money. But then I I took responsibility. I was like, Heather, you had those thoughts that it could or might happen. And of course you had to create this experience because we are co-creators. And so I would love for you to share a little bit on that because you briefly touched on it before, but we are co-creators of our reality. So if we can have, be, and do anything we desire, which I believe we can, how do we manifest the health, the relationships, the business, the work, career? How do we step into that? A powerful creator. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's like recognizing that that is a, one of the possibilities of this experience, right? Like if you can suffer, if you can, if you can go and like suffer, that's an experience. Then, (laughs) then why can't you have the life? that's like dope as fuck and just amazing. Right. So it's all like recognizing, like I've experienced all of these things. I went and I did deep suffering. That's why I'm not, that's why I'm just like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not committed to that anymore. Right. That was a way of being that I was tricked into. And now I'm like, Oh, life can be really amazing, really awesome. And every day, all the time, like you might have little challenges and glitches, but like, I'm not going to consciously go and choose suffering anymore and manifest that stuff. So, you know, the difference is, is that again, once you realize, Hey, anything's possible and not in some bullshit, not in just this bullshit soundbite way. Okay. That you go, okay, let me take on what that feels like. What would that feel like to have life just flow? For it to flow, for it to just like flow, for like money to flow, for relationships to flow, for conversations to flow, right? And then you start practicing that by love or fear, love or fear. Is it love or fear? And once you practice that, then you start to go, wow, this love thing really works. When I come from love, things really flow. And then, it, and then after two days, it gets better. And three days, it gets better. And four days. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a second. I can like consciously co-create a life that's like really dope all the time. And a lot of people go, no, they're like, no, life is hard. Life is this, life is that. Mm. I'm like, well, be careful because you, the words you're saying, you're creating your world, right? So I don't say that shit. I don't say those things. I'm literally, I'm, I'm having the experience now because I did go through hell. I have been through hell, literally. So when I came out of that, I was like, I don't need to create that anymore. So life is amazing. Life is incredible. I, I love my life. And I'm not saying these things like haphazardly. I wake up in the morning, even after I feel beat up or tired or exhausted, I still am like, holy fuck, life is dope. Like, you know, I went through <laughs> physical challenges where I was in a fucking hospital. I couldn't, I was physically in chronic pain for three years. Like I couldn't move. So now the fact that I feel even remotely normal is a damn miracle. I'm like, life's amazing. So it really is amazing. And it's all about each person's perspective. And so going back into consciously co-creating, you know, you start to see, you can play with it. You can like play with it where you can go, you know, without any expectation or attachment to the results, mm-hmm. you go, you know, I want to find 20 bucks. I just want 20 bucks to manifest in my world. Right. You just go like that, play with it. And then you forget about it. And then you'll go out and you'll be doing your thing. And all of a sudden somebody will be like, Hey, here's 20 bucks. And you'll be like, what the fuck? You'd be like, wow. Right. Yeah. And And these little things like that, where you start to go, okay, now wait, if I can do that, then wait a second, why am I putting a limit on this? Right. And I've had so many real world examples that have just blown my own mind, like blown my fucking mind open, you know, blown my heart open where 
you know, I've run into someone in the middle of the desert. I've had, you know, different things show up that just, you can't make this stuff up. And so, but, but there is a part of us in the old humanity of the pessimistic part of us that we have to face. So that like, like you, you, like you did, right. There was a party that was still like, Oh, I hope they didn't take the money or, Oh, they probably did or whatever. Right. That yeah. thought, the fact that you even have that thought yeah. is what I'm talking about. It's like, where does that fear-based thought come from? Cause your other thought could have been, Oh my God, they, they, somebody awesome turned it in, kept everything there. And they were stoked to give it back to me with everything. Cause I've had friends with the same thing, lose their wallet with tons of money in it. And the person gives it back exactly as they found it. And so it is us, it's us that's creating this reality. Yeah. Right. And people, sometimes people, depending on how much trauma they have, they don't want to take accountability for that because they want to be like, no, people suck. They steal, they, this, they, that. And I go, okay, well, if that's your, if you're committed to that mindset, that's going to keep becoming, showing up in your reality. Or, you know, and, and this one is one I've had to let go of, but, and it's so prominent is that you have to hustle and grind to get ahead. You have to work yeah. hard to make money. Right. No, you fucking don't. Yeah. And that's, that's the old paradigm. Yeah. And the, the new hustle, I love, there's a quote, the new hustle is alignment, get mm. in, get in alignment yep. and things start flowing to you. Right. But getting in alignment is just as challenging as hustling. So it's like <laughs> you have to to not suffer and to not be making yourself wrong or judging yourself or listening to the outside world who's shaming you and telling you, you need to work. You need to get up earlier. You need to do this. You need to do that. Right. I'm like my own family. I have friends like I've manifested my life to work for myself and create my own schedule. So I can pretty much do anything I want. Okay. But that's taken me 20 years to create it that way. So it was a long time of suffering and letting go of that suffering to get to this point where I'm like, this is the kind of life I want to live in this way, because I want to be able to attend everything. I want to be able to go to my nephew's games. I want to be able to go to any family events. I always want to be able to go to friends events. So like if somebody goes, Hey, I'm getting married tomorrow. I can shift my schedule and go, yeah, great. I'll be there. Right. I never want to go, Oh no, I can't. I'm working. Like that's the, I I did that. And I like, that's the worst thing ever. So, but it took me getting over that. And and even now I have friends and family that go, they go, you know, you just think you can like do whatever you just think you can do anything. And I'm like, yeah, because I can like, because people are so conditioned. They're like, you have to suffer, Brad. I'm like, no, I don't. No, I fucking don't. I am done suffering. Like I am done, literally done. I will not ever choose suffering for myself ever again. I suffered for 30 years, yeah, like hardcore, hardcore suffering. And I was like, and once I saw that I could like release suffering, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You don't want to go. I can release this forever. It's almost, and this might be too simplified, but it's almost like you've lived uh, sorry, you've traveled in coach or economy class all your life. And then when you finally get a taste of first class, why would you ever go back? Yeah, that's right. That's correct. hundred yeah. percent. And so, but again, people don't, they don't think it's possible. Like they don't think it's real. Yeah. Like there's certain things, breakthroughs I've had of like letting go of suffering. When I was 30 years old, I gave up jealousy, right? Jealousy. Like I literally, cause I was crazy jealous from early on trauma with girls when I was young like crazy jealous, that whole thing. And I had this epiphany when I was in New York and it just, 
I saw jealousy that I, that it was me choosing it. And then I was like, I could let it go. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I really asked myself, I was like, wait, like, do I like me? Do I like me? Like, like if I'm being my best self, like not playing games, not like, not pretend, like just being my best self. Cause that's all I can be. Right. Like then if I'm doing that and somebody doesn't like me, then what does it matter? Because we don't vibe anyway. Right. As long as I'm being my best self, but if I'm pretending and not being my best self, well, then it's going to fuck me up. And then I just saw, I was like, I actually really like me. In fact, I love me. And, and so I just need to be my full self. And then it's not even an issue. And then it like, popped. it literally like popped. And I just sat there on the subway and like bald, I like bawled my eyes out on the subway in New York city while I gave up jealousy. And I was like, I will never grab onto that again. And then I had a moment, one moment of terror, of fear of like, am I really doing this? And I was like, yes. And then the next day, jealousy came up again. I watched it like for a half a second, like a cloud and then poof, it was gone. And I've never Mm -hmm. grabbed onto it since. And I'm, that was 19 years ago. And so in every relationship I've ever been in every, like I've never had jealousy ever again. And people are like, that's not possible. I'm like, yes, it is because I've fucking done it and I'm living it every day. And so, but I did, I had, but I had it so deeply ingrained for so long that again, once I got sick and tired of being sick and tired of it, I was willing to let it go. So I, I totally got chills by you were sharing all that. And again, I'm, I'm so visual and the visual I got when you were sharing that in the subway in New York, you know, a lot of people talk about, Oh, their baggage. Well, literally it, the visual I got is as though we're holding this huge bouquet of balloons all tied to their own string. And every single balloon has this written jealousy, insecurity, lack, fear, doubt, imposter, just name them all, right? All right, of them. Right. Yeah. And we can hold on to these as long as we wish. And we can also watch, open our fist and let them all fucking go. It's a That's decision, right. but you just have to decide. Yeah. But see, I didn't even know at the time, like that was the first one. That was the first one where Mm -hmm. I had that kind of breakthrough. Jealousy was like, that was the first time I realized there was a way of being that I was doing that I could actually let go of. Right. That it was a choice. I didn't know it was a choice. Jealousy was always just a reaction. It was always just a reaction. And then I was like, wait, why am I choosing this, this love, this way of be this, this emotion? Like, why am I choosing that? Except that I'm not being my full self. I'm pretending all these things. And I was like, I was like, wait a second. If I, if I'm really being my full self and someone doesn't like me that way, that's cool. Like I get it. Like not everyone's going to vibe. Right. And then I was like, but I love me and I'm fun and I'm an, I'm a good person. And so I'm going to like do that. And then, then, then if, it, and these other guys, if they have more money, if they have a bigger dick, if they, it doesn't matter, like they're just them, like, go, you know what I mean? Like, what am I jealous of? I just, all I can be is me and that's it for real. And then it just was like, poof. And I mean, literally it was like a bubble burst. And then I just started bawling and everyone's sitting there looking at me. I couldn't stop crying. It was like that sobbing, you know, I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I'm fucking free from this. Like I'm free from yeah. this. Like, having to be jealous. Holy shit. Yeah. And it changed my life. Well, and I have to share that. I love that you are real and you are raw. Um, what I'd like to do, I honestly, I think we could talk for hours only because yeah. I love this stuff, but yeah, in, me too. you know, with time, I'd love to wrap up the interview. So I have a question. Okay. Yes. From everything we talked about. Yeah. What is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? I would say the biggest key takeaway is for them to really, really, really go into themselves, look at their life 
in every single department of their life. Okay. Family, money, kids, relationship, um, all of it. And I want them to be willing to look and see where are they coming from? Is it love or fear? Are they, are they willing to look to really look and go, you know, when I'm doing this, is it really coming from love or is it fear masking itself in weird ways? Right. Cause women especially have so much guilt and shame and like people pleasing um, things all the time. Right. Where they're like, no, I have, but no, I'm doing this because I have to, because, you know, it's, I want to do this thing. And it's, but it's really about like, I, I want to I'm people pleasing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it masks itself in really funny ways. And so, you know, and guys will go like, oh, I'm doing this because it's the obligation. It's an obligation for this. It's, you know, my family, blah, blah, blah. But really, I'm like, really? Like that, that, does it really your truth? Like if I put a gun to your head, is it really your truth? They're like, oh no, I would, I mean, no. I'm like, well then what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Yeah. So if people would be really willing to look at every aspect of their life and see if they're really coming from really, really, is it really love or is it fear? If they're willing to do that and to start to make that shift of what does it mean to really come from intentional love in every single thing you do, having healthy boundaries with that, being able to do that consistently every day. Yes. And I'm just sitting here to write, I do good writing things down and I'm going to write that and just taking that moment to pause and ask. All right. So I'd love to ask a couple of rapid fire questions and wrap up the interview. Sure. Sure. First one, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Uh, my favorite quote of all time so far is the truth shall set you free, but first it will piss you off. Ooh, who's that by? Um, you know, I'm not sure who said it, but one of the guys, the leaders in my one of the courses I took years ago said it over and over again. And it just kept hitting me like a fucking freight train. I was like, Oh, I was like, you know, cause I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh fuck. That's true. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, you know, I was like, no, sir, no, sir. And then it would be true. And, you know, it always was upsetting. <laughs> what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Um, well, one that I read all the time and I keep rereading is it's called The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. And that book, um, I've already read it probably 40 times, but I, I just always go back and like kind of keep refreshing. And it is um, one of the most profound books, for, especially for men to help us like really stop living in, in any sort of victimness and to live as like the most conscious, awake, heart open man that you can. And so I would say that that book is always there for me. Awesome. All right. Final mm -hmm. question. Yeah. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh my gosh. If I could, if I could, I would have, I really would have just been like, look, you know, if you could just not live with like, don't be living in insecurity about things, you know, like really, truly be your authentic, loving self and don't worry about what other people think about you. Mm -hmm. You know, if I could go back in time and tell myself when I was like 12 years old, this where I got it. Oh my God. Because I've shared this with my nephews who are 15 or 16 and 20 and it's totally changed their life, you know? So, and I didn't get any of this stuff even start till I was in my early twenties. So that was that if I could go back and be like, Hey, just be your true self. Don't you know, stop worrying about your insecurities and just like live your life out loud. Just be who you are. And what a great note to end on Brad. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> My pleasure. That was a blast. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. 
I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.